Hi, you're listening to Dancing Dog Blog. I'm your host, Mary Haight, and today Lindsay Walco, CEO and founder of Center for Pet Safety, the Consumer Reports of Pet Products, is back with pilot study results for pet booster car seats, Kurgo and PetSmart brands among them. But first, a message from 4Canines.com, sponsors of this podcast. Holidays are coming up fast. Pick up the turkey, drop off the dogs at the groomers, take the kids and their friends to the football game, pick up house guests at the train station. All this piling in and out of the car can get really messy. Rain, muddy, wet paws, snow, dust, and debris works its way into the fibers of the seats, and it's one more thing to clean. Leather takes a beating, too. Save yourself and your car seats. Get the gift that keeps on giving. Check out the great prices at 4K9s.com. That's number four, letter K, N-I-N-E-S dot com. Welcome back to the show, Lindsay. Hi, how are you? Oh, just fine, thanks. I'm so glad to have you back and really pretty excited. Uh, you know, after the final results of testing canine seat restraints and carriers uh, that we discussed during your last visit, I'm almost afraid to ask about these portable travel seats I see advertised everywhere. So I think this is probably a, a good jumping off point. Would you describe the different models your initial test included? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. this, is, this was uh, definitely a bit eye-opening, uh, probably more so than pet owners want. Um, but we, we tested um, four. We did a pilot study to look at uh, pet travel seats. This was the initial look to see if they're even ready for us to even consider doing a standard you know, on them. So we looked at the Pup Saver, which is more of a front impact only um, device that is touted by the manufacturer um, for crash protection. Uh, Snoozer Lookout One car seat, um, the PetSmart Top Paw booster seat, which we believe is a private label of the Solvit booster seat, and then the Kurgo Skybox booster seat, uh, which the manufacturer recommends to use their air quote, crash-tested harness, their TrueFit Smart harness, um, with that product to improve safety. Um, very eye-opening. Very eye-opening. Okay. Um, can we clarify a little bit? What's the purpose of a pilot study like this? So our pilot studies, you know, we did one in 2011, and it was basically an initial assessment. Where is the industry now? Have they done enough due diligence to warrant a larger study, and from that, you know, the data that's gathered from a larger study would be applied to develop a standard. So the the test protocol and rating guidelines, like we did with the harnesses, um, this was the initial assessment, and we took a, a general overview of pet travel seats as a whole with these four products, and you know, we were very concerned with the findings. And uh, especially with the number of manufacturers that want you to connect a safety device, a vehicle safety device, to your dog's collar or walking harness. I mean, that, that seems to be the number one connection option that's recommended by manufacturers to keep your dog safe when you use a, um, a pet travel seat. And, you know, I noticed that, uh, and that's always been the way that uh, a dog safety has been dealt with and you would think now with the advent of all of this uh, safety information that uh, they would stop advertising these things that way 
Oh, it was it was astounding. Especially you know the one we found really egregious was the PetSmart top paw booster seat. The image on the front of the box showed the product connecting to the dog's collar. And when we opened the box, surprisingly enough, um, you know those little rings that you get when you go have your car service? They put your key on those little aluminum rings. They're yes. very light. Mm-hmm. That's what they use to connect your dog to the booster seat. I thought I saw that in a, a photograph you've got on your website. Yes. Is that we, what I was looking at, that broken? That ring, little oh my. unraveled piece. It is so, it's like a little piece of wire that they use yeah. to put in place. I'm like, you've got to be kidding. They should know better. They market pet products. So, yeah, it was very eye-opening. Um, you know, we weren't happy with the performance of any of the products we tested. Um, we were very concerned about the the connection options for pet owners and how weak the connections were and caused the products to fail testing. And it's interesting because when I, you know, it's it's hard doing this on a podcast because when I looked at the series of photographs, mm-hmm. people might not be able to understand exactly how fast 30 miles an hour is when you slam on the brakes. This is a very violent test that we, we go through. It is. I, well, and you can see the violence on, yeah. on the, uh, the dog testing unit uh, being slammed against, up against the front seat. Yeah, it's, it's, a very, it's a very violent test. And, you know, most of the manufacturers, I would say two out of the four, did not claim testing or crash testing. So, you know, PetSmart's product didn't claim testing or crash testing, and Snoozer's product didn't claim testing or crash testing. But um, the Kurgo, you know, the alignment with the crash-tested harness that they, you know, they claim is crash-tested, um, that, that to us tells pet owners, you know, this, this, is, this is a safety device. This is something that's going to protect your pet in a crash. And the fact that they align with the 213 test standard, which is used for child safety seats. Mm-hmm. And Pup Saver does the same thing. So they claim it's going to protect your pet in a crash. Um, all of these products, you know, you can put them in the front seat. The manufacturer, in some of these cases, recommended you put them in the front seat. And our passenger safety expert was just shaking his head. This was just ridiculous. Um, well, the- even, uh, you know just regular people think about, well, wait a minute, the, the airbag is going to deploy and kill my dog. In an older vehicle that doesn't have airbag sensors, absolutely, that yeah. airbag kill your pet. Um, you know, I, we had our passenger safety expert look at this, and, um, you know, we walked through the testing, and he's examined the test evidence with me, and, um, yeah, we weren't happy with any of the products, so we don't recommend pet owners even use any of these pet travel seats. At, at all for traveling with your pet. I understand that uh, there's a lot of marketing around uh, allowing your dog to be in this raised seat so that they can look out the window Yep. as if that's the most important concern. No, it actually places your dog at greater risk. So right. you, your pet's close to glass. If you have the window open, your pet could easily be ejected if you are in, a, in any other trajectory other than front impact. Um, your dog can easily be ejected from the vehicle. He can hit you if he's in the front seat, if you're driving the vehicle. He can also hit a passenger if he's sitting in the back seat. Um, when the connections are this weak, 
when the um, connection for your pet, you know, is untested or unsafe. This poses a significant risk. Um, that's one of the reasons we don't recommend the use of these products at all at this time. We're hopeful that they see, you know, they take the test evidence seriously and they go back to, to work on it, but we don't recommend any of these products. Looking at this from a manufacturer's viewpoint, why should manufacturers be beating down the doors of Center for Pet Safety? How does the Center for Pet Safety work for the brand? So we've opened up a certification program, and the Center for Pet Safety Certified Program is a voluntary compliance certification. So we independently test the product, and then if the manufacturer meets that mark of the published standard that we have, then they are given a seal to place on product packaging. So manufacturers then, you know, we don't endorse pack, we don't endorse any brands, but it is based on test evidence. So then pet owners can look for our seal on a product package and know that it's been independently verified. It is critical for brands to work on compliance um, to help brand loyalty. So you look at, you know, you've got 15 different choices to make on a shelf when you're out there purchasing a product. Are you going to pick the one that has the Center for Pet Safety seal on it, or are you just going to pick the cheapest product on the shelf? Chances are the seal is going to mean something to most pet owners. So wouldn't you as a brand want to stand above the rest? I know if I were putting a product on the market, that's exactly what I would want to do is make sure that I could um, set myself apart from everyone else. Right, right. As shocking as it might be, mm-hmm. you know, even though you're, you, you're a good brand, you know, you're, you're doing everything that you think is possible, mm-hmm. um, that's always the problem with um, not having a third-party report on your product. It's always a problem when you self-assess. Right, and, and that's one of the reasons we make our test dogs available to the manufacturers. I mean, they're, they sign a licensing agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, they, we do not charge for it, but we do stipulate you know, the testing uh, location, and we do ask for a copy of the data that comes out of that testing because that just even helps reinforce brand performance over time and improvement. We can see where the brand starts and where they end up, and it's like, Wow, why wouldn't you as a brand want to participate in a program like that? Mm -hmm. Well, and you could see how excited I got when I found out you existed. It's like, wow, (laughs) what a great thing. Because consumers now, come on, they're very sophisticated. And they want to spend their money with brands who care about their pet safety and prove it. Yeah, and that's that's the whole point about what we do. It's like, don't Mm -hmm. tell me, show me. I I want to see this in action. And don't tell me it's crash tested. Mm-hmm. Prove, prove to me that you have done due diligence. But, again, you can't really do that as a brand on your own. You really need somebody who's an independent third-party organization to do that. And we all need to be using the same equipment. And the same standards. The same standard. And that's, that's yeah. really... Not to why- make it easy on, on all brands so that everybody passes. That's yeah, not well, the we- point. <laughs> we had a manufacturer a long time ago suggest that we dumb down you know, the testing, and it's like, but on your website, you state, the, you know, you reference the Federal Motor Vehicle Safety Standard 213 test. And that's what they are, yeah. Yeah, but they're like, well, what about maybe instead of 30 miles an hour, if we went down to 12 and a half miles an hour, then we could all pass. 
And I, I just sat there and scratched my head. I'm like, what are you talking about? And if standing above the rest of the products in their space isn't enough to drive manufacturers to seek certification from Center for Pet Safety, you've got one more important fact to offer. Our top performer program has been compared to Oprah's favorite things. And we see that in what happens to the brands that take top performer status. Their sales go through the roof overnight. So, again, it's very important for, for industry to understand we're working for the brands that are doing the due diligence. We're working to ensure that they stand above the rest because there is so much junk on the market. Mm-hmm. Um, those manufacturers that are willing to do due diligence need to stand above the rest. Okay. Um, let's go through each of the four tests and the results. Okay. So at first, the first test we did was on the pup saver. Um, the manufacturer claims crash testing to the Federal Motor Vehicle Safety Standard 213 crash conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, we have reviewed their test evidence from the crash on the, 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 that they've shared on their website. Now, these um, are the same conditions under which you test, is that correct? Yes, and they tested at the same facility that we tested. Okay. But because there is no standard, there's no you know, documented, you know, this is... Guideline to that they have to follow, yeah. This passes or fails. That's one of the reasons we sampled the product. Um, So we tested the product, and we used a 30-pound test dog in ours. We placed him in an upright-seated position because that increases... um, We want to make worst-case scenario for the product to hold up, right? If we made it easy for the product, everybody would look good. But if we make it more difficult... If we make the dog, put the dog in a, in a seated position, that causes a little more rotation that we've seen over time. Now, the product, the, the Pup Saver, um, they've claimed that they've tested up to 25 pounds. Um, we tested up to 30. They say it will hold up to 30. We felt that the seat itself was way too small for a 30-pound dog, but we tested with a 30-pound test dog. And the test dog rotated. Um, one of the buckles broke, the plastic buckle broke. We had some tearing on the product. Um, the, the whole thing just rolled over. And we were very concerned about the safety of the pet um, in, with all of the products, but um, with the Pup Saver, the way that it's marketed, um, because the dog's, it connects to the dog's collar or walking harness. So if you're hit from any other trajectory... That's a significant problem. And we want pet owners to understand that collars and walking harnesses are absolutely not safe for use in a vehicle for, you know, as a crash protection or even a hard stop protection tool. And in the Pup Saver product itself, it has this little tiny plastic clip that holds on. And the plastic, we, we know from our testing, plastics are extremely weak. Um, so that's one of the reasons this product, you know, did not get any kind of recommend, you know, recommendation for use. Um, is that the is that the one that um, you can they recommend you put in the front seat and you can it turns backwards and looks yes. at the seat? Yes. So they yeah. you know, there are some inherent concerns we have. Do not place your pet in a front seat. It is so incredibly dangerous, not only to your pet but also to you. You've got to be able to pilot the vehicle, and you don't need anything distracting you. And you want to make sure um, that if you do get into a short stop or an accident, that your pet's not going to hit you. 
I mean, you've got to be able to pilot your vehicle at all times. It's so critically important. Um, and this is basically a catcher's net. That's the best you know term we could come up with. That's what it looked like when I when yeah. I saw it. Yeah. And it's unfortunately, you know, it's not something we are going to recommend. We don't re- again, like I said, we don't recommend any of the products. And I can go through one by one. Um, the next one we tested was the Snoozer Lookout One car seat. This is a size medium. Um, we used a 25-pound test dog in this. Um, the manufacturer claims it can hold up to 25 pounds. Years ago, they marketed a, and again, air-quoted, crash-tested harness to go with the product. Um, so we did find marketing residual marketing information. They have since discontinued that harness. Um, so now they provide you with this anchor strap that connects to the dog's uh, walking harness. I believe that they 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 recommended that you use a walking harness a harness with the dog. They didn't specify any other thing other than harness. Um, but it's a very weak little strap, and as you can tell by the test evidence, uh, it failed miserably, and the dog was a full projectile. Um, the only thing that held him, and you'll see extra straps on it. We we actually use backup tethers on these test dogs to protect the test equipment. Um, you know, we've taken out a test bench at uh, MGA Research uh, from one of our test dogs early on, so we learned from that. So, oh, yeah, that's not yeah, good. That's an expensive, that's an expensive mm-hmm. bill. Um, but, yeah, so we, we uh, don't recommend that one either because of how weak it was. It also rolled. The test dog's head hit, the, it bounced off the fixturing and hit the seat, and then it was just bad. PetSmart offers their top paw booster seat, and, you know, as I mentioned, we believe this to be a um, private label of the uh, Solvit booster seat that they offer. Um, We've looked at the Solvit one as well. It has the identical construction. It has the identical cover with uh, missing a logo, Um, you know, same same setup. So we believe it's uh, the same product. Um, On this one, because the product really didn't assume any load, it stayed in place, which we want to see. But what happens if this is the one where the little tiny aluminum ring that they 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 use to connect your pet, um, and they show it connecting to your dog's harness or your dog's collar, um, failed, mm-hmm. and the dog became a full projectile. Now, if the product were itself were loaded, so if let's say that at some point when we test in the future that that ring has been improved and it actually does hold, we don't know how that would affect the performance of the booster seat until we retest it at that point in time. So that's one of the reasons we don't recommend the PetSmart Top Paw booster seat. We don't recommend any booster seat, um, given what we've been able to see so far. And one of the more concerning was the Kurgo Skybox booster seat. So this is one of those suspended products we see this a lot. Um, we have actually did a lot of research on uh, Amazon before we purchase products uh, because they, they are one of the bigger retailers in the world, and we want to see what are the most popular. This is actually one of the more popular booster seats. And the manufacturer, the claims, the marketing claims that they have. So the booster seat itself, we, we mounted it. But when you read the instructions, they recommend on their website to use their Kurgo TrueFit Smart Harness. And they claim that that product is crash protection. We did not have great results with that product when we tested in 2013. Um, we hope they've made improvements. 
Um, but the fact of using a crash-tested harness with a less-than-effective booster product does not necessarily gain you anything if the booster product fails. And there's a lot of spin by many manufacturers around testing. And we have seen this with Kurgo um, in 2013 when we tested three sizes of their TrueFit smart harness. The size small failed. Their size large failed. But the size medium did okay, you know, in comparison to the other two. Again, not optimal, but still okay. It still exceeded. It would not pass our current standard based on what we know now. But that tells us that the manufacturer did due diligence on one size of the product. And we see that perpetually happening with many of the brands. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> they, test, they test one size. Then they claim across the entire product line that it's been crash tested. And then they market it in addition to that. They market it with products in association with products like Zipline products and longer extension tethers um, to keep the dog comfortable during travel. And we know that those things have not been tested. So it's just marketing mecca. And it, it continues. It's perpetuated by many manufacturers. Um, you know, we have talked to Kurgo. We have, you know, offered to um, walk them through the certification program. And we hope that they take that uh, opportunity sometime in the future. But the certification program we offer is significant, and we independently test the product in all sizes that are offered, and we measure that. And many of the manufacturers don't participate because they are not themselves confident that it will pass. These are tough. This, this is a tough test. That's why we have one manufacturer that has done ample due diligence, and they have passed the test with flying colors, and we've published the test evidence. But um, many of the manufacturers continue their marketing spin. And we're very concerned about that from a, from a consumer perspective. It's unfair to the consumer if you test one product and then you claim all the sizes are crash tested. Uh, I think uh, a lawyer would call it something different. And this is why we don't understand why pet owners aren't screaming. Manufacturers are telling you a story and you're buying into it. They're marketing around the product. There's no truth in marketing. and There's no oversight to prevent the manufacturers from doing this to you. Yet you're going out and you're spending your hard-earned money on products that are less than effective. We get a lot of reports of um, problematic pet products at Center for Pet Safety. Trust me, we get a lot of them. We're trying the best we can to get in front of them. Um, without funding, you know, there's very little we're going to be able to do. We're def you know, definitely trying to move forward on that front. But we need pet owners to say, you know, this is unfair and CPS stands for us. And that's, you know, we work for you. And it's, it's, it's a tough, it's going to be a long haul. Yes, uh, well, especially so because legislation is going to be needed. They're going to have to be tied. The pet industry as a whole is going to have to be tied to the consumer laws. I believe that's true, and that's one of the reasons I'm making some phone calls and we're following up with the powers that be. It helps that I, we, you know, we work in the Washington, D.C. area. We've got to solve this. But, again, you know, it's a lobby. They've got mm -hmm. a lot of money. They've got a lot more money than we do. Mm -hmm. um, but definitely for consumer interest. I mean, if you could hear some of the stories we have, pet owners should be jumping up and down and screaming, this is just, we've got to get in front of these bad products. So 
Could you share with listeners what important points, if we can make it like a bullet point thing so it, it's easily understood and it's something that they should take away from this discussion? So I think the takeaway would be, you know, it, it's basically a takeaway from what we've learned since we started testing in 2013. So we now have scientific proof and data to back it up uh, on the safest methods for travel. We can even name brands that are the safest methods for pet travel. So let's talk harnesses. First thing, the safest harnesses on the market are going to be certified by Center for Pet Safety. And the only brand that has voluntarily certified, and that's a very important word, voluntarily certified their product with us, is the Sleepy Pod Clicket Sport. So if you're looking for a harness, if your dog is 16 pounds or up to 90 pounds, and you drive a sedan or you drive a hatchback, and you put your dog in the back seat, that's going to be the safest harness you can buy. And it's all based on test evidence. We do not endorse products. If you are buying a crate and you want to protect your larger pet up to 75 pounds, that would be the Gunner Kennel Intermediate. It's a G1 Intermediate um, with their strength-rated anchor straps. Topped the testing we did earlier this year. If you have a small dog, and instead of putting him in a booster seat, we recommend full containment for the little guys. We recommend full containment. So there are two uh, top performers we had this year. Again, Sleepy Pod uh, Mobile Pet Bed with their PPRS Handy Lock um, topped our carrier testing. And also the Pet Ego Jet Set Forma Frame Carrier with their Isofix Latch Connection. So pet owners who are looking to find the safest travel products for their pets, especially, you know, holidays are coming. You're going to be out on the road with your, with your, with your furry kids. Um, you want to select the best products to keep everyone on the road as safe as possible. Um, you can come to centerforpetsafety.org and learn more about the safest products on the market and watch the videos, the tests that we've done. See the test evidence and evaluate it for yourself. You know, in many cases, you don't need to spend an enormous amount of money. Some of those crates cost upwards of $1,000, and the Gunner Kennel was less than half that. Well, that's some good news. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, again, it, you, know, you are going to pay more, and that's you know, one of the things we tell pet owners. It's like, you know, we can't afford this. Well, you know, maybe a harness is your better option. If you're looking for something that would be a value brand is a travel harness. The Sleepy Pod Click at Sport, I believe, retails for under... I know it's under 100. I think it's probably under 80. That's, you know, that's a good investment. It's a solid travel device. It works. We've tested it. And it's more economical. It's cheaper than a vet visit that you'd get if your pet were using a less than effective harness. And we, we tell people it's an investment in safety. Uh, tell us what happens now on establishing performance standards. I am currently working on the standards for carriers. And once we finish that, we will work on a standard for crates. So then that will give us three. So we have harnesses, crates, and carriers that we can measure against. And then, you know, for booster seats, again, for, you know, for travel, pet travel seats, mm -hmm. um, the data was not there. Nothing to substantiate that they're even ready for us to even consider a standard. Um, and then even if there was, we'd have to assess whether or not this is even a safe option. And, again, putting the dog close to airbags and glass 
and you know suspending them higher up in the in the vehicle is a significant risk. Yes, well, it makes it easier for them to come straight over the the back of the front seat. Yeah, and you know we've we've heard we've heard horror stories from pet owners even when the the dog is loose in the vehicle. You know how far that dog can fly. Well, and you were saying earlier, uh, the important thing is to maintain control of your vehicle, yeah. and if you don't, you can't do that when you see your dog flying through the air. Well, you can't you can't do that in any you know it, it's it's so difficult. There's a shock of that. It's you know shock value there that really uh, interferes with your judgment. Right, and it, it's it's this is as much about you know your family traveling with your pet. So, and also the other drivers on the road. So, you know, we try to touch on all of those things. So, yes, any of the products that we have tested may help prevent distraction, which can help prevent an accident from happening. So that's, that's a good thing. However, if you are in a sudden stop, like I learned with my Maggie, and, uh, or in an accident, like many of our pet owners that report to us, you know, that the products didn't work, you're going to want something that has been tested. You're going to want that peace of mind that comes with the due diligence that goes behind some of those products. That's why, you know, the Center for Pet Safety Certified Program was founded with pet owners in mind so that in the future, actually right now you can find it on the Sleepy, Sleepy Pod Click at Sport because it is the only product that's been certified thus far. You will find our logo on that product. You get a visual that, yes, this has been independently tested and the, the, the marketing claims have been independently verified. And that's, that's a huge step for pet owners. And in the future, we'll be working on carriers. We'll be working on crates. Um, you know, right now, we're working to tag on to some events for some measurement next year. We've got a long way to go. We've got a lot of products to test. So I, I hear you have some good news for us. Uh, we too. We are starting some new programs um, in just in time for a holiday fundraising. Oh yay! <laughs> yay! So, Center for Pet Safety is not a fully funded organization. Uh, we are staffed by many volunteers. Um, we do have some paid consultants we bring in to help us with the more specialty items. But we are um, looking for additional to raise additional monies for uh, supporting projects next year and into the future. And so we are developed a little ad banner that we're offering to you know to bloggers uh, like yourself. Mm-hmm. So you can you can publish this on your website. We will host a reciprocal link to your website on centerforpetsafety.org, um, and that will lead you to our uh, funding uh, venue, which uh, our PayPal.com. Uh, we've tested all these different funding av- avenues, and PayPal definitely seems to be coming out on top. So we have chosen them as um, our primary for mm-hmm. effort. And then we're also going to open up a fundraising uh, advertising uh, effort for retailers who want to uh, participate and help set up for pet safety raise money. They can also be a named sponsor. Like, like what kind of real retailers? Who? So pet product retailers that are not manufacturers or have no, you know, they're, they're not actively manufacturing any product. Okay. So we can use any retailers that are willing to uh, sponsor our organization. Um, we're also opening up sponsorship levels to help us raise money. So, you know, the, the, the studies that we have are very expensive to conduct. And not everybody 
who wants to support Center for Pet Safety can sponsor a full study. So we are putting together sponsorship levels and, you know, allied marketing programs to go along with that. If, you know, your corporation wants to donate, say, $10,000 and you're willing to support our mission, we will help advertise on our website with that sponsorship, name you a sponsor, and we'll have special events that we will invite certain levels of sponsorship to. So special things if they want to come and witness crash testing of specific products or... Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so we want to be able to offer, you know, certain programs. It's hard for what we do because we really don't know what's coming down the pike until we have the funding in place. So immediate need is sponsorship for events to measure collar, leash, and walking harness efficacy um, that we're taking on next year. And uh, we want to look at life jackets, pet life jackets. We want to look at, oh, gosh, we've got such a long list. <laughs> pet toys. I mean, we just, we just had a pet toy. I will tell you, Mary. We just had a, a consumer contact us um, about a pet toy. She found a hypodermic needle in <gasps> toy. Oh, my. If pet owners don't realize at this point, you know, Center for Pet Safety needs funding so we can get in front of these products. And we have a long list of complaints that have come in. That is one of the more shocking ones that we have received. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and we don't know. We're still researching, you know, everything around that. Mm-hmm. That one, that one just took took me by surprise when I saw that. I'm like, you've got to be kidding! And the minute yeah, you're like, wait a minute, did that come from the factory or did that? Where did that? You know, how did that get in there? Yeah, so we're 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 researching, you know, everything that comes in. Pet owners mm. have to understand we have scratched the tip of an iceberg. We'll take a quick break here to say thanks to our sponsors, 4K9s.com, for sending car seat covers over for testing. I saw the installs in less than one minute claim and thought, have they met me? I was so surprised when it turned out to be true. They fit well and look really great. 4K9s offers a lifetime warranty. If a cover fails with a 4.75 out of 5 star rating from 1,000 reviews at Amazon, you can be sure of excellent customer service. And there's a special coupon for listeners. You'll get an additional 10% off even on sale prices when you use the code CAFE number 4, letter K, number 9, letter S. And Here's something we really love. With every purchase, $1 goes to the ASPCA and other rescues. Visit 4K9s.com. And we're back. Well, I think every pet owner out there, you know, who, you know, people love to buy things for their dogs. It's nice to get a little gift, and, and there's not a lot of money to go around for it. So they look at a $10 Frisbee and say, yay. And then when they get it home, it's in the garbage because the dog has already punctured through it and torn it. Right. And, and that's the thing, you know, if, if, you know, everyone's willing to go down to the local, you know, big box store, coffee <laughs> chain, spend, you know, spend $10 on a, on a mochaccino, mm-hmm. and, uh, but they're not willing to donate to help protect their pets. And, you know, the, the more funding we can raise right now, the better, um, because of the types of claims we're getting from pet owners. You know, uh, as soon as we can, we will bring a lot of this information to the front, but we have to research every claim. Um, you know, because if, the, if it's a one-off thing, you know, the, it could be a manufacturing issue. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. pet owners need to know this stuff happens, and they need to be on the lookout, and they need to report anything that they've come across. So, okay, where can people reach you for more information or if they want to be a sponsor for something? What's the best avenue? So the best avenue to reach us um, just for your own research um, on product safety is centerforpetsafety.org. If you are interested in becoming a sponsor, we would love to talk to you. 
you can reach us at info at centerforpetsafety.org and uh, mention that you are interested in sponsoring our organization or an event or something really spectacular to help bring awareness to pet safety. Um, we put together programs all the time. So I, I would love to uh, be able to engage those people. And what about if somebody wants to make a recurring donation on their credit card? You can do that through the, uh, the little ad banner we're going to share with you. Um, you can make recurring donations through our PayPal link. And we also have another avenue, QGive, that we use. Um, if you don't like PayPal, we make QGive available to pet owners as well so that they can donate. And you can find that information on our donate page on our website. Our thanks to Lindsay Walco, Center for Pet Safety, for being with us today. And to the audience, thanks for listening.